Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Laura Jackson and welcome to Secrets of the Side Hustle, the podcast from the Sunday Times style that's all about phenomenal female founders and how they turn their passions from a bit on the side to a thriving business. From beauty to manufacturing, tech to finance and more. On this show, we get the ins and outs, ups and downs of setting up your own company. You can subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do this via whatever podcast app you normally use. It's Sarah Bell, founder of Evermore London, who's my guest for this episode. She made her start working in social media and digital content for various fashion and beauty brands before catching the entrepreneur bug. She's been running her own company for a few years now, and I was so excited for her to tell me all about it. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Laura. (laughs) I'm so excited to talk to you because I really love your candle brand. So we are like really excited to have you on the podcast. Um, For people who don't know about what Evermore London is, can you kind of tell us a bit about your business? Yes. So Evermore is a scented candle company and we make and sell natural rapeseed candles. Um, And our mission when we rebranded in 2019 was to become the UK's leading sustainable candle brand that still sits within the luxury market. So why did you decide to make candles? I mean, and and, how did you even start to make candles? So basically, I was working full time. It was around 2014 and I was working um, for other like fashion and beauty brands in house doing social media and content. And I got to the point in my career where I kind of I needed to make a decision and that's what I wanted to continue doing. And I kind of had the bug to do my own thing. And I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So I think it kind of rubbed off on me a little bit. I had a real think about what I wanted to do and I knew I wanted to do something creative. So basically I bought a candle making kit from Etsy just to give it a go. And it was at that point when I realized that like the quality, the level of quality ingredients that you can and components that go into making a candle. Cause I had no idea at the time. I didn't even really know how, um, you know, how they, how the fragrance gets into the wax. I just was a bit clueless. I was really intrigued to understand more. Um, and the kit that I was sent, it was paraffin wax and then like a really synthetic fragrance oil that was like bubblegum flavoured or something gross. So I was like, right, OK, this doesn't look good to me. So I ended up researching it all online and 
discovered more about paraffin wax and how it's quite bad for you. Um, and at that time, there wasn't really any kind of natural alternatives on, in the UK on the market. And so I kind of started experimenting. I bought some soy wax in and some fragrance oils and was on my, in my kitchen on the hob, just like melting the wax, making little silver tins. And I started giving them to friends and family and people really liked them. So it kind of just all snowballed from there, really. I mean, I love that you bought a candle making kit from Etsy and that's how it started. And you kind of self-taught, I guess. Yeah, massively. I did so much research because I had no idea. And it was, the you know, all I, I just had to like look online and read blogs and forums and just kind of, it was all trial and error, really, just kind of testing it all out myself. And there's no, it's not like, it does take a while to get it right as well, because there's so many different um, variables. You've got to get the temperature right. You've got to get the right ratio to wax and fragrance and the right wick size. There's just like so many different layers to it. Do you have to have any sort of health and safety certificates to be able to, to make candles in the first place? Yes, you do. So if you're selling to small boutiques, it's not so much of an issue. But if when, once you start selling to like the big department stores, and overseas as well yeah you have to have all the certificates in place so like especially with candles if you're shipping them overseas they have to have safety data sheets and all this stuff that I didn't know about in the beginning um, that I've just learned along the way but now we obviously have all that in place now because we're shipping globally. You first launched um, Evermore London as a side hustle in 2015 like talk us through um, the early steps of managing a full-time job and then teaching yourself how to make candles and starting a candle business. Yeah well it was a lot of hard work I'm not gonna lie so I was just basically working evenings late into the night I had a, a loft room basically became my candle making studio and I was just up there in the evening with wax in my hair like burnt fingers just making candles and packing up my orders and obviously I couldn't do it in the day during the week so it just all be happening in the evening or at the weekends so it was just a full week of work um but do you know it I felt at the time that it didn't feel like a chore because it was exciting and it was something I really wanted to do and I feel like if it's right you should feel like that and it shouldn't feel like you're kind of like burning yourself out so to speak so kind of did that for about maybe a year um and then I said to my husband it was actually the year that we got engaged <laughs> and I was like text him and I was like just handed my notice in and he was like no we've got a wedding to pay for what are you doing so I was but like you didn't talk to him about that first you were just literally handed him your notice we had a conversation and he kept saying no you can't do that you need to stay in your job and I was like okay okay and then there was this one day I wasn't happy there either actually at that point and I was just like I've handed my notice in but don't worry I've got a plan so I basically then I was really lucky that I got a freelance job with an agency who um, I managed to stay with them for two years so I'm really grateful um, for that because I know opportunities like that don't often come around I worked with them three days a week and that gave me a little bit of time to work on Evermore. So that freed up my time a little bit. And then as time went by, I reduced my days from three days to two and then eventually to one day. Um, but that kind of, it was about around a year's time that I was working one day freelance and the rest of my income was from Evermore. And that was really hard. That was like probably the toughest year because I wasn't making a lot of money and I just had to like get by on what I was, what I could. But I just persevered and made it work. And I think like, yeah, like I said, if it's, if you know in your heart that it's right and it's going to work, you just keep chipping away at it. So that's what I did. And eventually it paid off. I mean, talking about that year, it must've been 
really tricky, especially when you kind of don't know where the money is coming from. But also, what was it like having this kind of candle factory at home? Because you're so immersed in business that there's kind of no escaping it what what was that like yeah it was intense it was quite full-on and our house did smell amazing which was quite nice when people oh. used to come around they were like oh my god it smells so nice so that was that was good um but yeah it was full-on there was boxes everywhere there was candles because I've used to make them in little white tins so there was like tins stacked everywhere you're also sending out all of these orders this is at this point just you yeah, just me. So it was hard. It was, and you know, I did so many things wrong. Like I, I'd pack, I wouldn't pack them properly. So they, I had to learn quite a lot. Like I'd put them in boxes and wrap them and hope for the best. And then they'd end up arriving like dinted or something had happened. So I had to like, you know, there was quite a big learning curve along the way. Um, but eventually I did get a studio just down the road from my house Um which was really great. So I got to have like my own space and I was making everything in there. So that felt really nice. So Sarah's candles, and this won't surprise you if you've ever smelt one yourself, were a huge hit from the off. She then had to work out the next steps of building up her company. And the first point of call was raising cash. We considered crowdfunding to get some cash to outsource the production because I either was going to hire more staff to take care of production house or I outsource it and get it done I want to say professionally not that I'm not professional but like you know get it done by some people who have got the safety certificates etc etc so we considered crowdfunding and we had to raise a certain amount of money um, privately before we went to market with the crowdfunding campaign it was quite a lot of money, actually. I was like, if I had that money in the bank, I probably wouldn't be doing the crowdfunding in the first place. But um, we actually went to a client of my husband's and asked him if they wanted to be involved. And they actually became our main investor. So they were like, don't do the crowdfunding. We want to work with you on this. Um, so I was really lucky. And they're an amazing company. So I'm really grateful for everything they've done for us. So we have one main investor and they've basically helped us to facilitate the whole rebrand. Um, so we got to just start from scratch and everything that I'd learned from the beginning of kind of all my trial and error and all the mistakes I made uh, in those first few years, I kind of could compile them all together and make, you know, make sure that everything we were doing was perfect. Let's talk about the business today. How do you get an idea from inception to market? What's your process? So my process is, so basically everything we do with um, the candles, it's all kind of seasonal. We do a little bit of market research with our customers to find out what they are interested in and what is selling well, what isn't selling as well. And kind of we work from that basis and take it from there. So we've just released a candle called uh, Venus and that is, it's all about summer. And the timing of that was quite good because it was as the, country was opening up again and also we were quite lucky with the weather um so the timing was really well so that's kind of that's had a really good response um so it's just kind of making sure you're finding those points in the year where it connects with the customers and it resonates with people how many candles do you currently stock at the moment at the moment so in in the warehouse now i would say we have over a thousand wow because so we've got seven fragrances now and we have to make sure we have rolling stock of all of them because we've because we're stocked with places like Net Porter 
and anthropology and now Nordstrom in the US, they place really big orders. And sometimes we don't know when they're going to place them. We're starting to get a pattern come through now, but um, we have to make sure we've just got we've got like a trigger point. So when it gets each skew gets down to about 200, that's when we have to start thinking about ordering more in and making sure that it's bumped up again because we don't like it to get any any lower than that, really. So your production where the candles are made is a separate place to where the candles um, are sent out for distribution. Yeah. And how, so then- and how do you, like, if you're thinking, I want to start a brand, where do you find a, someone to make your candles and a warehouse for distribution? So, yeah, so basically we had um, a production company um originally who were helping us with all that so they were kind of joining the dots between the fragrance people the people that make the candles the people that supply the glass the people that make the boxes they kind of facilitated that so that was great so that in terms of I wouldn't have known where to start really I probably would have figured it out but that was like a big help um but then last year they actually were really affected by the pandemic and they went into liquidation quite suddenly so I had to do it anyway I had to like find all these contacts what production company did yeah wow. so and we were kind of left in the dark really literally in the dark <laughs> <laughs> so we had to I had to get all these contacts the candle factory the glass suppliers the box suppliers and kind of connect the dots myself um and I've been doing that ever since so that's kind of what my job has really become now is um managing the production side and it was really hard last year because I had no idea what to do and kind of timing everything. We've got to make sure that the glass um, is foiled and sprayed at certain times so that it gets to the fact the candle factory in time. And I've got to make sure the fragrance gets there. It's just like a lot of management with a lot of different touch points. But I've kind of got my head around it now and um, I work quite closely with all the suppliers. So they know me well now. So it's it's all I've found my groove with it. Is everything made in the UK or all your suppliers UK based? Yes. The only thing that isn't that we're trying to um, change is our, you know, the glass for the larger candles, the 300 gram candles. That's actually sourced from China. um, But we've done a lot of due diligence with the factory there to make sure that they're all above board. The, The problem that we have is that you can't get that type of glass anywhere in the UK. It's just a certain type of like off the shelf glass that's available here. Um, and we wanted something a bit more special. I'm someone who loves getting stuck into the creative side of things. So I was really curious to learn more about Sarah's process for picking the scents for her candles. It's all inspired by kind of the seasons and nature and it sounds a bit cheesy, but kind of like astronomical events. So for example, we did a collaboration with Feed Reening Christmas last year and that was all inspired by the winter solstice so we kind of wanted it to feel quite pagany and apothecary so we've got like all these these notes of like clove and cinnamon so it's really warm and spicy you kind of like get this idea of like fires and uh, warmth from it so that's kind of the inspiration behind that and then with Venus it's all it's very like floral English garden themed so I work really closely with the fragrance house and I will create a brief and I use pictures as well because I think it helps them kind of, you know, visualize what what I want the candle to to be. So I'll like pull pictures from Pinterest and like then list kind of the notes that I want it to 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 feature, and yeah, we take it from there. Is that quite a long process then? Because I guess they send you a sample, and then you might ask a few friends if they think that it's nice. 
Yeah, so basically that it takes a long time. So we, we, I'll brief it and then it takes them four weeks to kind of come up with the idea and they'll send me like four, four samples maybe. So then I will, sometimes I'm not, you know, I might not be happy with those first samples. So they have to go back to the drawing board. So then it can take up to like two months for that initial piece. And then um, once I'm happy, they then send a sample of that fragrance to the candle factory. And then they will have to start testing from their side to get the burn correct. And that can take a long time. So that can take them six weeks to get it right. And then they'll send it to me. Hopefully I'm happy with it. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm like, oh no, it's smoking too much or it's not, for me, it's not burning all the way to the edge. So they'll go again, go back to the drawing board and they'll do it. So it can take, I would say six months all in all to develop a new fragrance and to get it perfect. Um, Cause we often get, other brands coming to us asking for a bespoke candle or fragrance for like next month and I'm like no it's not gonna happen you need to like yeah it gives us a six month like window to get it done yeah there's quite a lot involved in it and how did you kind of decide your RRP because that's really important isn't it RRP is actually based on that it's, it's a genuine markup because the glass is expected, basically the processes that we put on the glass um, are really expensive. So we've got the spray, which spray them like a translucent black. And then we've got the gold foil that was, is done in England because um, we could do it in China, but when we where we get the glass, but the quality isn't as good. So we have it done with a factory in England who are like the best one. So it's expensive and our boxes are quite expensive as well. So the cost price times two, which gives us the wholesale price and times two is the RRP. So we're just making that kind of like the genuine markup. We're not like taking the mickey with it. You've talked quite a bit about um, kind of soy wax and, and, and rapeseed. So how important is the ingredients in terms of the wax that goes into the candles? Because I think that people don't realise that when you burn a candle, you're breathing that in. Not only does it like smell nice and it might be really lovely, but all of those fumes are going inside of your body. So it's it's something to really think about when you're lighting a wick on your candle I personally think yeah definitely so in terms of paraffin wax when you burn that in your home I mean obviously the it's it's a small amount that's going into the air but still if you're burning that every other day and you're regularly buying them that's quite a that's quite a significant amount. So um, especially if you've got like an auto autoimmune disorder, like asthma or something, it's really not good for your chest. So the type of wax for us is really important. We want to make sure that it's, you know, it's natural and it's clean and it's not going to cause any issues. Um, and also that where it's sourced from as well, like that's really important to us. We want to make sure that we're trying to like keep it as local as possible. You can find all the latest news and advice for founders starting and growing their businesses at the Times Enterprise Network. Visit thetimes.co.uk forward slash business forward slash enterprise dash network, where you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Sustainability is a word that we hear battered around a lot nowadays. And for some businesses, it's really not much more than a stylish buzzword. For Evermore London, that's not the case. So when we rebranded last year, that we kind of um, fed the whole sustainability thing into the, you know, from the ground up, which, you know, every brand should do really, but we just kind of wanted to make sure that we'd like really focused on that in every single area. So even um, with the boxes, a lot of people don't realise, but with like foiling on paper, sometimes that can make the paper unrecyclable because the, that foil can't be recycled. And a lot of people, some people don't realize that. So we made sure with our supplier that the foil we were using was definitely recyclable so the full box can be recycled. The glass that we use is part recycled glass and can be fully recyclable, whether you use it in your home or you send it to recycling. And then yes, all the ingredients that we use in the actual candle, we make sure that they are as local as possible. Like the fragrances are made in the UK. The rapeseed wax is sourced from either the UK or Europe. What kind of advice would you give to business owners who are looking to lessen their carbon footprint as well? Try and get everything as local as possible. It can be tempting. I know that we've obviously got ours, our glass from China. It can be tempting to get stuff from elsewhere, but it's just trying to keep that kind of that local spirit and making sure that you were supporting you know, the UK economy as well and just researching your ingredients and making sure that it's come from a reputable source and that your suppliers, they can supply you with documentation to show that they, you know, they are above board and, you know, you've done your due diligence. You talked a little bit about your rebrand back in 2019 from your white tin pots to your kind of beautiful branding as you have it now. Why did you decide to change? We were getting a lot of interest from stores like John Lewis like bigger department stores and we hadn't boxed them there was no place to put uh, like barcodes on them and also I felt like I changed the the look quite a few times in those early days and I feel like it's because I was never really truly happy with it so we went from white tins and then we had glass jars that were just had these little labels on and I feel like it just it went through quite a few different variations and then that's when we were like, right, okay, we just need to like step back and have a real think about it. And then I worked with my husband who's got his own design agency and we rebranded it together and we wanted the boxes to feel quite contemporary and like 
bright and playful and colourful, but then we wanted the candle jar inside to feel quite timeless and classic and be able to sit in any home or interior. Yeah, and you kind of said that this was all possible with the help of an investor who you met through your husband. Was that tricky bringing somebody else on board within your business? And do you, I mean, how does it work? Does does this person have shares? Does this person have equity? How, how does that work? Yeah, so they have equity within the company um, for the amount of money that they invested in in us. And um, they're actually a really great investor because they're not, they don't breathe down my neck all the time. They're not like, they're hands-on, but they're not like overly hands-on, but they're really supportive. And they um, they will come to the, the bits, come to us and say, how can we support you? How can we open up our network to help you grow? Um, and that's really valuable. And we're so lucky to have that. But the process in terms of uh, securing the investment, it, was a, it wasn't a quick process. It took quite a long time and there was a bit of back and forth and we had to do a lot of presentations. And this is the sort of thing that I just wasn't experienced in either. I had no idea. And it was a lot of research, a lot of leaning on other people who potentially did have experience in this and just having chats with people and just learning and you know trying to understand how how do I do a financial model how do I do these projection figures I didn't have a clue at the time I was like right okay I need to figure this out now because it's starting to get serious but yeah it's just it's amazing what you can do when you put your mind to it and you really you know think it through and so we got there in the end which is great I think you're so inspiring just how you just literally learned everything on the job and just said I'm just gonna have to do it and crack on you know (laughs) there's not a lot of people that have that in them and I think that's what makes an entrepreneur somebody that's like don't ring fence me I'm gonna find a way to climb over that fence and I'm gonna make this happen yeah well I was just there was a point when because I'd left my job and you know you started this venture it just got there was a point where when it was like that tough year where I was not making a lot of money it's like god is this actually working am I have I done the right thing here I did doubt myself slightly but I was like no I'm not going back with my tail in between my legs like I'm like I've done it now I've made my decision I've got I have to make it work I felt like I just didn't have any other choice so just like yeah just made it happen and just carried on chipping away at it all the pandemic has been a make or break time for a lot of businesses with sales of candles and other scented items reportedly up by a mammoth 29 percent last year i wanted to know if sarah has seen the impact yes so last especially when the pandemic hit last year Obviously, we were hit by um, the shops being closed. That wasn't great because um, wholesale is kind of the our main revenue driver in the business. But we did see a big uptake, uptick in online sales. And we actually got a lot of organic press at that time as well because there was everyone was focusing on their homes, how to you know make your house feel homely and beautiful and cosy. Uh, and our candles got featured quite a lot. So I was like, great, this is actually kind of working out quite well for us. Um, so we actually, yeah, online sales jumped for us. And then it kind of plateaued again um, this year a little bit. But like last year, it was it went a bit crazy. I feel like um, other um, beauty entrepreneurs that we've spoken to in beauty or in, in this kind of space have felt really compelled by Jo Malone's story of her making a functional item such as a candle being mm. Thing that's really luxurious that people really want to have on the mantelpiece it's a bit like a coffee table book isn't it it's like you kind of look what candle someone's burning when they when they go in their house mm, yeah definitely it almost becomes a bit like a status piece like depending on what candle you've got in your home like is it 
you know, is it one of the like, you know, top luxury brands? Is it, you know, a crafty uh, local maker brand? It bit like you said, like you said, like a coffee table book, definitely. And you, as you mentioned, are in some um, amazing places stocked in like really cool independent stores, but then you've got the likes of Netta Porter and Fortnum and Mason and Harvey Nichols. How do you secure those accounts? When um, we rebranded two years ago, um, I then brought on my first full-time employee, um, who is now my marketing manager. And we kind of worked really hard together during those early days, just reaching out to stores and like just, you know, cold calling basically. And we were very lucky at that point that Conran Shop um, came back to us and were like, yeah, we love them, send us some samples. And they they have since been such a great stockist for us. They've really like bigged the brand up and, and supported us. And I feel like once you've got one, it kind of gives you the seal of approval and opens up the doors for other ones. And then since then the team has grown. We're still like a really small uh, team, uh, but we've grown slightly. And, um, you know, we've got employees who have got a wealth of experience with wholesale and from other beauty brands. So they've got the contacts and they've opened up the doors for us. So yeah, recently we got Netta Porter and Harvey Nichols, which is amazing. So yeah, it's just, and especially with Netta Porter, like that is like such a huge seal of approval. Incredible that we're on there. So it's a bit like I have to pinch myself sometimes with that one. Um, And they've just placed a second order, which is really promising. So, so yeah, it's all looking good. And you mentioned earlier a bit about the partnerships that you've been doing, um, most notably Fee Greening, who is an amazing UK illustrator, and the um, ceramicist Kana. How Mm. important do you think these collaborations are in terms of getting your brand out there? Really important. Um, We've last year we did three collaborations. So we did Alexandria Co, Kana, and then Fee Greening. And it's just kind of connecting ourselves with like-minded creatives and um, introducing ever more to their audience as well. Um, so we found that it's been really bad, especially in those, like that was our like, that really our first year really is in the rebrand. And I feel like it kind of fed us out to new people and got us got us known um, a little bit more. Um, whereas this year we're kind of now focusing on the mainline range. So we're not doing any collaborations this year because we want to try and stand on our own two feet, but we are still going to do collaborations in the future. But this year we're kind of compare it back a little bit. I could ask Sarah questions about her business all day long, but in the interest of fairness, I'll let someone else have a go. Here's one that last week's guest peanut founder, Michelle Kennedy, wanted to throw forward to Sarah. I would really, really like to know what the biggest mistake they've ever made is. So in the early days, when I first started and I did the um, making the candles in the white tins, I ordered 2000 of these white tins so they were they were like really cute actually they were white and then they had a lid and they we had like we had a little triangle logo which was quite of the time that was like embossed onto the lid placed the order on a platform like a website platform and made the rookie error of they contacted me outside of the platform so all the communication was done in email so I wasn't covered by the insurance of the platform and then the tins arrived and the half of them were dinted and damaged and broken and then when I went to make the candles in the ones that I could use as soon as I put the hot wax like the liquid wax in it seeped straight out of the seam at the bottom so they weren't suitable for candle making even though they'd sold them to me so I was like oh my god what on earth do I do I had to beg borrow and steal to buy those 
2010s I could borrow money off my mum my fiance um and I was like oh my god so I even tried to like seal I was like, I've got to use them because otherwise, what am I going to do? So I tried to seal the uh, inside of the seam with glue, but that wasn't working with the hot wax. And so eventually I had to just like, I had to like basically just harass them for six months and eventually I got a refund. But like, yeah, the, the lesson there is to, we've got sent samples, but I just looked at them. I was like, yeah, they're perfect. They're great, but never actually made a candle in them. So I didn't know whether they were sealed. Uh, so that was to date, my biggest mistake. That was a disaster. <laughs> so stressful. It was, there was wax everywhere. So I was pouring them and I had done about six. And then before I realized it was leaking all over the table. So, oh my God. There's a couple of lessons there, but also perseverance of not giving up and getting that refund is one of them. <laughs> and Sarah, do you have a question for our final guest of the series? My question is... What challenges have you found uh, with practicing sustainability within your business? Brilliant question. Okay, and Sarah, before you go in one sentence, can you tell me what does the future look like for Evermore London? In one sentence. In one sentence. Hopefully one day bringing production in-house so that we can go full circle and go back to how Evermore began. Perfect. Thank you so much. I think that was absolutely amazing. So much take home for budding entrepreneurs for sure. I really enjoyed hearing all about Sarah's inspirational business journey. And if you want to buy some of Sarah's beautiful candles, you can find them at evermorelondon.com. You can also give them a follow on Instagram by searching Evermore London. Both of these are in the episode description for you. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Just do it on whatever podcast app you normally use. next week it's the final episode of the series honestly i do not know where the time has gone but don't be too sad because we are finishing off in absolute style with the founder of alighieri jewelry rosh matani see you then fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince i'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.